I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. This week, I am joined by none other than pop star, presenter, and now author. It's been around day, everybody. You know what I like about you? I love when I see you, and I've told you this loads of times, when I see you on Instagram and how you'll do a, a picture of where you're, you know, your usual glamorous self. And then you'll swipe and then you'll see. <laughs> and you told me, remember when you saw me and you said, mate, you should do more of that stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I've got the guts to show everyone what I look like in the morning. Oh, stop it. I think the problem is with you, Pete, is that you're always this perfect uh, and well we polished. No, it is. Like, I think it's all Love very that. well and good for me. Like, I wake up looking like a foot. I own it, you know. But I feel like <laughs> I, might, I might just be buying into the whole Peter Andre mystique. But I reckon when you wake up, you fucking look this lush. I don't, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I reckon, I reckon you smash it all the time. I reckon you go out of your way. What you do is you do the uh, the opposite to put makeup on. You go, I am going to put Probably something up. I'm going to try. Yeah, exactly. And you still look good. But anyway, I'm not going on about it. You're so sweet, Pete. That is why I'm so happy to have you back on The Secret too. Do you know you were one of the first ever people who agreed to do my podcast? And it's so lovely to have you on again, full circle. I'm a bit more polished now. I'm a bit more like professional. I'm still a bit wild, like, so we'll have some fun, I'm sure. I do I do think that you must be doing well because your dressing room looks bigger. Everything's, mate, I don't know what you, I'm, I might have to get into podcasting. It's where the fucking big money is, Gary. I mean, I can see that. No, this is all me Instagram deals. This is me whoring myself out on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Babe, we've got so much to talk about okay. today. And I know you're a very busy man. So I'm going to dive straight in. And actually, we're going to get in with time machines and go back to the beginning. So I didn't know this, but you were actually, were you born in London? Yeah, I was born in Harrow. No. And yeah, I was born in Harrow and I, I was here till I was six. Yeah. And then mum and dad went to Australia for a holiday and went, oh, my God, this place is beautiful. Fell in love with it and then just said, we're all moving. They didn't say, would you like to move? Although if they did, we would have been like 100% because beach and surfing. And I mean, it was just the dream, wasn't it? It's such a no-brainer. And I remember like I, so I adore Australia. Like I always said before we got the dogs, um, obviously the logistics are just a bit more difficult now but before we got the dogs I was like oh my god I want to live half the year in like the UK half the year in Australia and yeah every, every time I go babe like you'll attest to this like the quality of life is just so nice 
the sun's shining everyone's in a good mood like like you say they get up before work to work to surf then they walk their dogs on yeah. the beach. like it's just and like everybody's and i don't know if this is because a lot of their pastimes are very outdoorsy but everybody's fucking lush you know what though i have to say i th- I, I agree with you because i love it but also i i've always had this thing of like i can't do the winter in england right because yeah. i love the british people mm-hmm. i wish i could take them to australia for the for the winter but the problem <laughs> I think is they'd probably do as well <laughs> i think they would yeah i'm not offering to pay for everyone's flight by the way not not the way the prices have gone up just to let you know unless i do a podcast of, of course cost of living but, but here's the thing i have always said even in the summer i want to be europe 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 because of the weather yeah but i'm not kidding this weather the way it's going at the moment in the uk is like you just kind of don't crave you've got the sun it's like you don't crave it like it's brilliant i love it like this do you know what i'm going to say something controversial and i feel like everyone's going to hate me for this i don't mind the sun when i'm abroad so like if i'm in like costa del sol or if i'm in jamaica wherever like i'm like yes get me yeah. a cocktail get me toes in the pool but when i'm running around london doing back-to-back yeah. meetings or photo shoots or like getting up at five to walk the dogs before it gets too hot for them like i don't love the weather being that hot in this country so does that mean then you wouldn't want to live in europe in the summer yeah, I feel like maybe it's potentially if it just topped out at sort of around 22, like that's me. Yeah. You forget, Pete, I'm Geordie. Like we're not used to this kind of yeah. temperature, mate. Yeah, but Geordies are hardy as well. You know, they're hardcore. Like I've seen you going out and having a full on night that you I couldn't even last 15 minutes. To, maybe in my 20s, but not now. Yeah, so you, well, you're not pretty now hardcore. for me. We can go the distance in those sort of spaces, but no, anything above 23, and I feel like Geordie's just smelt, babe, so this temperature is <laughs> not, love it. not good for me. I'm dripping like an egg sandwich. So back to <laughs> back to your upbringing in, in Australia. Obviously, you loved it. It must have been like quite a culture shock because obviously yeah. your family are Greek Cypriots, yeah. um, and then you moved to London, and then you went there. Did you settle really easily, or did you find it all a bit? No, bitter? it was it was actually really hard because when we first moved out there, I remember we landed and we were looking around, going, "Oh my god, this place is beautiful." Yeah, this is on the Gold Coast, right? And we actually landed in Sydney, but we went up to the Gold Coast. Mum and Dad went up to the Gold Coast and went, "Oh my gosh, this is where we're moving." So we were originally going to go to Sydney, and then. We went there, it was amazing, but I remember my first day at school, and I say this to people, and people are like, what? This is true now. I'm about six years old. I've gone to school, and a group of kids, because I'm looking around thinking, why is everyone blonde hair and blue eyes? Like, we look so outcast, and I've got this English accent. Yeah. Big nose. I had curly hair. I'm thinking, right. These kids come up and go, this is a true story, right? It goes, hey what sport do you follow? And I said, oh, football. And they said, what do you mean football? Like American football? And I said, no, football, you know, and I'm showing them the, and they went, oh, oh, you mean soccer? And I went, yeah, and they started laughing and they looked at each other and this kid literally just punched me square in the face. I was like, harsh, right? (laughs) Because you're a football fan. Yeah, because this is what he said he said we don't follow that's a girl sport and we don't follow girl sports in australia and this is what they said originally right oh my god incidentally incidentally the 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 girl football players are insane by the way but 
Now, obviously, soccer's huge. They call it soccer in Australia. Yeah. Huge in Australia. I mean, it's huge. But back then, it was an absolute no-no. So imagine, so I'm at school going, oh, okay. So then I don't want to follow what they're following because yeah. they don't like me, right? So they were like, you know, I got called everything at school. I got, I got, I copped it hard, right? But that doesn't sound, I know what in Australia, copped it hard means you got beaten, by the way. I don't yeah. know what it means in England. I think and, I was thinking the same thing. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And then I just thought, well, that's not fun. So then I went to speak to the teacher and the teacher, <laughs> I tell this story a lot, Mickey, yeah. right? The teacher walked in and I said, oh, excuse me, sir. And he went, said i've never had a wog in my class this was his actual words right no now in australia wog me wog is referred to greeks italians lebanese i think in england it's a different used differently but in australia it was used fast and i said oh and he said if you think you're going to go far in my class you've got another thing coming he said go sit up the back and you only speak when you're spoken to so i went and sat up the back and i thought oh shit, the kids don't like me the teacher doesn't like me I thought this is going to be tough, but then I didn't want to tell mum and dad because they brought us to paradise. Now, the flip side to all of this is that years later, obviously, yeah, I saw that teacher and he was the nicest guy. And I and he did change. He and obviously times have changed in Australia. Yeah. It became multicultural. But at the time, we were like, who the hell are these guys? Yeah. Like, yeah, so it was a tough upbringing. I'll be honest with you. Plus, my parents were Jehovah's Witnesses, so it was really strict. Right. And so we were like, it was a different type of tough upbringing. Many people are saying they've had a lot worse. It was tough for when we did it. But to me, Australia is the best place in the world. I love it. It's and so, the Aussies, I love them. Yeah, it's so crazy to me, Pete, because obviously my experiences mm. with Australia were all very recent, you know, and yeah. I consider it to be this like melting pot of like multicultural brilliance, yeah. you know, there's people from all over and there's expats and I don't know, it always just feels like you walk down the street and it's similar to London, you know, when you're in Sydney in particular, there's like different restaurants and different people yeah. all just getting along. But like, I know that obviously that type that type of mindset like it has to start somewhere so obviously going back all then like people were just getting used to it and I'm not excusing it at all yeah I mean I don't have a problem with it because I understand it look this is the way I look at it Vicky right if somebody turns around and they say nasty things to you as a kid and then you see them 20 years later and they're still the same they're an asshole. Yeah, totally. If, if you see them 20 years later and they're like oh my god I can't believe I was such oh, an sorry idiot, yeah you know then you're like why should I, why would I hold a grudge to that? Because people change, right? So the thing was with Australia was it wasn't Australia itself because Melbourne was, there was loads of Greeks. Sydney, oh, there was, was Greeks. The it was Coast. the Gold Coast. It was right. Queensland. It was like, man, I tell you, I mean, if we did stayed in Sydney, we probably wouldn't have copped it like that, yeah. you know? Maybe yeah. we would have, but yeah, it's just the way it was. And, and it's not like that now. And I love it. So I mean, I was going to ask if your childhood was a bit like neighbours, but I feel like having had that story, it was definitely not. I can't imagine Dr. Kennedy calling you that name. No, I definitely tell you something that uh, that was one time where everybody needs good neighbours and everybody didn't have good neighbours. But talking about neighbours, yeah. here comes another point. Yeah. One of my childhood memories, I was about 13, right, yeah. on the Gold Coast on a school bus. And there was a girl that I absolutely loved. And I even remember her name. Her name was Nicole Church. And I remember she, I really liked her. She wasn't interested. She was like, no, nah, no chance. 
And I remember standing on the bus and I braved it to sing this song to her. I mean, what an idiot, this right? Oh, I mean, okay, I know, so I know, brave. I know. It's ridiculous. No, it's, it's ridiculous. brave. It's brave. And do you know the old song Candy Girl by New Edition? Yeah, I think so. Candy that, Girl. Yeah, so I had to sit, I, I sung that to her. Of course, she was cringing. And of course, she, it made it worse. And she definitely didn't want me after that. But on that day, I will never forget this. We're riding on the bus and we're going along the coastline yeah. with the school. And these girls started screaming. And I'm like, what are they screaming at? And I looked out the window and it was Jason Donovan, right? No. He was just going for a jog with his shirt off on the Gold Coast. This is years later now after it started getting a bit more multicultural and even though Jason's Australian, but that's not the point. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, oh, typical guy going, why are you yelling at him for? Why are you yelling at him? And then, and then I caught myself doing it. Yeah. When everything went quiet, I went, Jason. <laughs> and the whole bus was quiet and they all looked at me and I was like, Oh God. So when I saw Jason years later, I was like, Jason, you're not going to believe this, mate. But before, <laughs> and I told, and he said to me, do you know what, Pete? I remember, he said, I only ever remember going for a jog once on the Gold Coast. And I remember a school bus screaming. And I said, that I was me. on that bus. <laughs> so I was, I was actually a fan. But because I wanted to impress the girls, I was like, why would oh, you? Yeah. yeah. We've all been there. We've all been there. Um, so I just want like as well. Yeah, I'm fascinated by your because you were essentially a bit of a like a child star, like how you got into it was very early. Do you think you always had the desire to be famous and and create music and things like that? Or would you think that was maybe a direct reaction and not feeling like you fitted in? Both. So so that's exactly right, because when I was picked on at school, I went home. This is 1979. I mean, you, I know, don't even say it because I know that's a long, long time ago. I was six years old when I first moved there. And because of what was happening at school, I was in the car one day and I heard the radio and they were playing all rock music. And then I heard something and I was like, what's this? And I, I said to dad to turn it up and he turned it up. And it was a song called Rock With You by Michael Jackson. Yeah. right? And I remember thinking, oh, my God, this is incredible because it was like nothing I'd heard on the radio there. So I saved up my money. Uh, Dad made me do chores around the house. He gave me 20 cents here and 30 cents there. And I saved my money and I went and bought the Off the Wall album at six years old. And I wanted to do music from that moment. I'd listen to it over and over again. So the first competition I entered was at 12, I think. And it was a Michael Jackson dance competition. (laughs) And I came second. I've I, actually I, seen this video of you. Yeah. You are unreal. I won my heat, right, yeah. on the Gold Coast. But there was only two people in the competition. Ah! <laughs> I won. I won, so I don't care. They Is came it a second. Wins, a win's a win, babe. A win's Mate. a win. If you ain't first, you're last. That's just the way it is. So and that then was actually I, the case in that competition. It was, yeah. So then, yeah, exactly right. So then I went to the finals in Brisbane. And whoever it was was going to get to go on stage the next day with Michael. And I, I came second. I was devastated. But anyway, then I started entering talent competitions, yeah. lost all of them. They weren't even interested. And then eventually a, a national talent show was on TV called New Faces. Like it's kind of like Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. And I went on and I was the, it's the first time ever in Australian history, as far as I know. So if someone wants to correct me, they can. I got offered a recording deal live on TV. It's never happened before and it's never happened since. So all those failures 
Yeah. And all of a sudden, bang, I was on a national TV show and I won. And being recognised for your talent as well. Yeah, because I mean, you kind of second guess yourself, but then you just think I'm just going to do it anyway. Because yeah. what else you got to lose? You know, you feel outcast. You may as well. Oh, do you know what, though? That's so I had no idea that you came from essentially like that sort of background. I yeah. just thought like you got into it in a more organic way, but you really worked for it, Pete. Ah, uh, mate, I entered competitions from 13 to 16 week after week after week. And and actually, when uh, so many people think that I was on uh, Home and Away and Neighbours because I, I used to all, all my friends were those guys, the Home and Away guys yeah. and the Neighbours guys were all my friends, but I was never actually on it. Um, but it was acting that I was studying, yeah. but it was music that I wanted to do. Right. And obviously, of course, since then, you had like your career went from strength to yeah. strength. You had singles drive me crazy. Your breakthrough hit. Give me little sign. But Mysterious Girl, that was like, that was the big moment that your life changed, wasn't it? Yeah. So give me a little sign and drive me crazy. We're in Australia. And give me a little sign in Australia was bigger than what Mysterious Girl was here. It was huge. Yeah. It was the, uh, I think it was the sixth biggest selling song of the decade in Australia. And I toured with Madonna because of that, oh. which was insane. This was you're all before. You're so famous, Pete, and you're just still oh, so God, God. No, you are, and you're still so humble. Like, we started off with Jason Donovan, but yeah, we are name dropping Madonna. Like, I am, my head spinning. Mate, I'm going for some full name drops on this one. This is my chance. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I toured. So in Australia, it was huge. And then... I did the Madonna tour, the girly tour. It was in 1994, I think it was, the girly tour. And then I came to England, a complete unknown, after doing stadiums in Australia. And I walked into an off-licence, and I was there to record a second album for Australia. I walked into an off-licence, and there were all these magazines. like I think they were smash hits, TV, uh, all of those top of the pops. And on the cover of them was Ryan Giggs, right? And he had a hairy chest, Uh and he was shirtless, and I, I remember these girls going, oh, my God, they're so fat, right? <laughs> sort of talking like that, he's so fat. And there was another guy called um, Dieter Brummer. Do you remember Dieter Brummer? I don't remember Dieter Brummer. Obviously, I know Ryan Giggs, but who's Dieter? So he was in Home and Away. And they're like, oh, oh, oh my God, they're so fat. He's from Australia. And I said, one day I'm going to be on the cover of these magazines. I didn't say it to them. Thinking it. I was literally thinking it. And then three years later, no, two years later, Mysterious Girl just went mad certainly did as well babe like I swear to god we had this conversation before but like I remember there was merchandise and everything wasn't like my sister one of our first like I feel like part you are part of our sexual awakening if I'm honest she like had the Peter Andre doll and I just remember finding it one day completely stark naked like your little little denim jeans off the lot mate she'd obviously been trying to get an eiffel so it literally did just it was Andre mania wasn't it yeah but I've got to confess something about that doll. Is it not uh, anatomically correct? I mean, I'm assuming you're not smooth down there. This is, this is, I'm going to tell you the truth about this. First of all, that doll was number one. Again, I think there was only two dolls out at the time, <laughs> but it was number one. But hear this, uh-huh. on the back of the packaging, if anyone's got that box now, and there are some people that show me it's from time to time, it says on the back, not suitable for children under 36 months due to small parts. Now, I had to live with that. I mean, I was like, listen, they could have just worded it different. They could have just worded it different. Very insensitive, Pete, I think. It was insensitive. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure everybody 
like you know all everyone knows that was <laughs> i know where you're going gen- generic language i'm sure you're all i'm yeah. sure you're lovely and in proportion babes that's all we need to say on that well one. i am greek so <laughs> no, i'm just joking how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. (laughs) I feel like we've mentioned like a couple famous people, right? And we can't ignore the fact that some huge, huge stars came out of Australia, in particular, home and away neighbors and stuff. So did you meet any of them? Like, let's have it right. Margot Robbie. Was on was on home and away, wasn't she? Margot Robbie was from the Gold Coast, and I'm trying to figure out where she was because I don't remember her. But she's obviously younger than me. But Isla Fisher, you know Isla Fisher. Oh my gosh, yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen's wife. She was like a good old friend back in the day. Her and all the Home and Away crew. Um, Laura Vasquez, who now is um, makeup artist for Home and Away. Yeah. All that crew. Um, so many people have gone to Hollywood from there. I was gutted in a way because I could have been on one of the shows and I didn't follow it because I wanted to do music. Yeah. But you followed your passion, babe. I followed my passion, yeah. It's obviously like you can sit, you can play the what if game all you want, but look at everything you've managed to achieve. Like you're a household name, gorgeous home, beautiful family. Like, let's not yeah yeah no 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 you're right success were you a little bit gutted not to get the call back for the I'm a celeb because I was a little bit gutted. Well, I wasn't because Claire had said to me, my manager, Claire, I've been with her for forever. She said to me when it first got, they said they were looking at people. Yeah. She said, Pete, is it worth me having a chat with them? Yeah. And I said, Claire, I've been on it twice. I said, if I go on it again, it's going to look like, it's just going to look like, does this guy do anything else? Like how much I, kangaroo penis can one man eat? You know? you know what I mean? How many balls could I have in my face? I mean, seriously. All right. <laughs> you want to start this let's go so so look here's the thing I said I I was on it the first time I went on it again when Fatima Whitbread was on it and I I thought I'd closed that book do you know what I mean now I like watching it it's great to watch but I don't really think yeah but they'll ask you next time like they didn't ask you the first they had to get 10 people didn't they and would you do it I don't know. So I'm very much of the same opinion as you. Like I did it. So I obviously did it for the UK and loved it. Best experience 
ever and then went back about three or four years later and did it for Australian TV out in South Africa. Oh, wow. Oh, really? So I've actually been in that jungle before and it was a really different experience. Like the Australian one, and I've said this before, but the Australian one runs for like loads longer. It's six weeks altogether. Yeah, right. So, So subsequently, like you aren't deprived as much. Like I kind of feel like what the people love watching in the UK one you know is everybody starving and this that and the other and my calorie like I wasn't even really hungry in the Australian no. one. like I was quite fine and it was sponsored it was mad because it's on an earlier time slot as well so they do more like fun things for families to watch yeah. rather than like really disgusting things so I don't know I just felt like it wasn't and this is no shade because it's still a great show but it wasn't as much of a challenge as the UK yeah one. it's interesting you say that I think the Aussie one too is very raw i mean you're in the middle of this jungle yeah and and you and those huntsmen are real oh but then you know that this is the thing so obviously i'm out in south africa with all the australian contestants and when i when i told them i was like oh yeah right i won the uk one but they were like the uk one it's not a fucking jungle they were like (laughs) it's in the bush in brisbane they were like it's practically my back garden they were so disparaging about it but but they but they're right i'll tell you why because when we landed we had to trek for three hours in the jungle, right, yeah. to get to camp. I thought, where are we? And I know these areas. I yeah. mean, it's it's like near Kulangada. I thought where we landed, I thought, okay, I know where we've landed, but three hours. And what they did was they basically took us in these circles. And when we got to the end and we're like, we're right in the middle of the jungle, we were only five minutes from the road where Anton Deck and all them were staying, right? So we thought we were right in the middle, but we were at the end, actually, yeah. right near civilization. But you don't realize it at the time. It's the magic of misdirection, isn't it? Like, I, I felt like we were in the middle of nowhere, but it's mental because then when you do go and do your little trials and challenges and you walk along and all of a sudden there's all these big, like, trailers and built up sets. Yeah, and things, yeah. We're closer to civilization than we yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you what, after that fourth day when you get starving, because oh. people go, how would you... Why would you do that challenge or why would you? I said, trust me, when you're that hungry, you'll do anything. When you're that tired and when you're that just like, I don't care. You know, and do you know that Junior and Princess are the only kids ever to be born from that show? They're the only ones ever to come from that show. I mean, it didn't happen, obviously, in the jungle, but they're the only offspring off that show. How weird is that? I think that's a seriously impressive accolade, if I'm honest. Yeah, it is. I mean, I said to them, you know, one day if you ever go on it, yeah. you'd have to go to the Aussie one. Yeah, full circle that though. Yeah, mad. Oh, do you know what? It's so interesting. Speaking of Junior and Princess, I've seen that he's on his first lad's holiday. How are you, babe? Because I know you adore your kids. That's a big step. Like, are you yeah. are you are you are you dripping behind the knees? I I, I, I was stressing. I yeah. was I was like freaking out, but only for about an hour or two and then I thought what were you doing at 18 and then I remembered what I was like I don't know if we want to pull that at that thread do we I was just like you know what he's he's gonna have a time of his life you know he's sensible enough to know he's gonna drink he's gonna have fun he's you know but I just said to him my exact words to him were what do you think I'm gonna say to you he said yes dad stay away from the drugs I said that's all I'm saying to you that's it you want to drink, you want to have fun, do it, but just stay away from the drugs. Yeah. And the reason is because... Solid advice. <laughs> yeah, because the reason, only reason I said it is because it was what my dad used to say to me. You know, my dad said to me, 
the difference between a cigarette and drugs is that a cigarette might eventually kill you. Yeah, yeah. A drug could kill you instantly. And so always I was scared of it, you know, and I just want to, you can only guide them and then see what happens. Yeah. That's the advice I gave them. You, I, I, it's really interesting you say that like I catch I've not even got kids yet but like just speaking to my niece or the dogs or like even Erkan, I catch myself saying things that my mom used to say to me yeah of course I think I honestly I've got to be careful because sometimes I open my mouth and my mom comes out and I was wondering if there's any more of that for you like you just morphing into your dad or have you absolutely got some, yeah it's it just happens to all doesn't it it's not it's not great <laughs> It's not great. I mean, I say things that I used to roll my eyes and I used to go, you know, and then I do it. And then and then I think, well, they're going to do it when they're older. So, yeah, it's just the chain events. I had Maeve at the weekend, my sister's little girl, and she was being so naughty. She just pushes her luck because Aunt Eva is a soft touch. But she's Love like that. three years old, Pete, and she's proper finding her personality. And she's just like rebelling, you know, everything. If I tell her to do something, I answer everything as always. Oh, and even my mummy says this is okay. Love that. <laughs> She's just got an answer for everything. Anyway, I heard she was acting herself, and I heard in the distance like a police car go past, and I went, "Do you hear that?" I says, "That's the police coming for you because you've been naughty." And I thought, "Oh my god, this is like I am literally me mother in this instance right now." And I was traumatized, babe. I swore I would never become her, but I'm becoming her. You know what though? It's funny because I do a lot of what Dad told me. I taught the kids. But actually, what I taught them at two or three years old, so I was old school like my dad. Yeah. And then by the time Junior got to 12, I'm like, I don't agree with all that. Yeah. So and I literally threw it. your style. But I updated it when he was young enough. That was the great thing. I was adapting because I thought, I'm going to give you an example, right? There's this old famous clip of me saying to Junior, pink is for girls and blue is for boys and girls kiss boys and boys kiss girls well that is genuinely what everybody used to say at the time you know and people say to me well did you say that and I said yeah they said did you mean it I said well yeah of course I did at that time at that time at three years old I'm still instilling everything I've been taught right then Junior got to 12 and I'm like sitting down to have the chat sort of the chat you know you're soft launching the chat and I'm like look son whatever happens. And I sat, Bista's her nickname. I sat Princess down and I said, right, guys, whoever you love, I don't care who it is. You just be respectful, this and that and the other. And then I'm doing Greece in the West End and I'm wearing the brightest pink suit. And let me tell you, I rocked it. I rocked it, right? So now Junior wants my pink suit and I'm like, yes, pink rocks. But what I'm saying is it's interesting because when I think back and I'm like, that's what I thought. I mean, but it's what you'd been told and what we'd been brought up to believe. Like, I think, yeah, it's going back to what you initially said. So, if somebody treated you badly when you were a child or whatever, years ago, and then you met them 30 years later and they yeah. were still behaving that way, then you have to know that is then who they are. That's who they are. That's exactly If somebody exactly said right. something to you 30 years ago and then they've since rolled with the punches, evolved, realized we can do better, learned about themselves in the world, and whatever, and has now got a different attitude, you have to appreciate that as well. Yeah. Like we're just a product of what we're told. And it's it's brilliant that you've evolved. We all are. And but the thing is for me is I I really what I loved, it wasn't just evolving because I had to evolve. It was evolving because I actually felt different about things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I like thought, I sort of thought, hmm classic example is princess man i was like 
she's not having a boyfriend till she's 38 she's going to be a nun she's doing this and then junior's at 15 and all of a sudden i'm start, starting to let him giving him a bit of freedom and then emily goes to me you know you can't treat him different than you're going to treat princess you've got to treat her the same so whatever rules you set for him at 15 so i sat there and i thought mm. so i made some rules that were a bit tougher on him mm. but actually i'm so glad i did it because now that princess is 15 i've got those exact rules it's awesome it's like oh, it's all she's part like, of the long game yeah i'm like listen do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend in the house you are staying downstairs and those doors are open Open there's doors. no going upstairs yeah. there's no going upstairs and they're like I say don't say I didn't do that to Junior that was yeah. exactly what I did to Junior and he was like dad why and I'm like it's the rules just go with it <laughs> it's, it's so I don't look like a hypocrite later so leave the door open <laughs> just do what I say Oh, oh but you, they honestly seem like obviously I don't know them personally but your kids seem lovely like for starters they're absolutely gorgeous they've hit the genetic lottery but I know so much more to them <laughs> than that they're smart they're talented but they actually seem like really well grounded and lovely kids yeah. like that's a testament to you P how have you managed that especially I, all the press attention I'm really strict with manners it is the one thing I'm so strict on like I literally drive them crazy so the I say to the kids, look, if someone comes to the house and say, for example, they're, you know, they've got to fix something or whatever, the first thing you do is, hi, how are you? Would you like a coffee? Would you like a drink or whatever? And apparently the other day that the guy from British Gas goes, mate, your son, I walked in and he's made me a coffee and he's done this. And I'm like, yes, son, this was before he went to, I this is before he went to Ibiza and became a man. Now he'll give him a beer. No doubt. Of course, definitely. If that's all he gives him, you know yeah <laughs> oh, but that's really honestly and you know you say about the like the manners and stuff like Erkan I know different side of Cyprus oh but we're like we're almost but, practically the same yeah so is it and he's the same like if ever I have I've got a house full today like people in doing like photo shoots and podcasts and blah blah, blah. and he's always can I get you a cup of tea can I do this and it's just a natural to him so I think obviously like it runs in your family passed on from a generation and he's all obviously doing something tell Erkan I said mashallah mashallah I'll butcher it in my accent Pete I'm not gonna <laughs> lie yeah, don't say masala because then he thinks he's going to have dinner tonight no mashallah mashallah means um praise to allah i think and we say it in greek as well yeah because the the, the greek cypriots and the turkish cypriots li literally live we, we literally have this a lot of the same words and a lot of the same food but he gets very upset when i say that he's like no that one's turkish i'm like oh okay sorry i get it from the greek takeaway all well, the time. well here's one they argue about the greek coffee they Greeks call it Greek coffee, the Turkish call it Turkish, Turkish coffee, but apparently it's Byzantium coffee. It's from that whole region. So there you go. Oh, well, I feel like that's a very nice end. To it's that a nice point. compromise, yeah. yeah. <laughs> very diplomatic. Babe, I've loved talking to you in part one. In part two, I want to chat to you all about your new book and about yes. some lovely questions from me followers. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. 
jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.